Welcome to Werewolf the Podcast, a retrospective podcast about Werewolf the Apocalypse. Welcome to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. Tonight we're going to be reviewing a Black Dog Games book. We're going to be reviewing Freak Legion, a player's guide to Fomori. And before we dive into it, um, what I'm going to say is that this is going to be particularly adult content. This book is a Black Dog game book, which means that it is designed for mature players and deals with mature topics. In this case, specifically topics of mutation and body horror and infection. So if you have any squicks about those particular things, I recommend not listening to this episode. Um, It is okay to skip it if it is not your cup of tea. So I'm going to pause for a moment and then dive into the um, review of this book. Now, I have to say this is one of my favorite books, and I was very excited to get the chance to review it. And it is a book that came out in 1995. And let me get to the page so I can give it to you by the numbers. It was produced, it was published in 1995, um, and it was written by Steve Brown, Phil Brucato, John Scott Burroughs, Jackie Cassana, Jim, Jim Comer, Lucian Dark, Beth Fishy, Christopher Howard, Jen Lindbergh, Jim Moore, Nikki Rhea, Richard Watts, developed by Bill Bridges, the editor on the project with Ethan Skemp and art direction was done by Richard Thomas. The comic art was done by Steve Prescott, and we'll talk about the comic in just a moment. And the rest of the art was done by Mike Cheney, Anson Maddox, Milberger, and Scar Studios. And this is the first mention that I remember, and I could be wrong, of Mike Cheney, who is now the current art director for Onyx Path Publishing. I think this is the first time I'm seeing his name in a werewolf book, so that's interesting to note. So let's talk about the comic. Now, the opening comic of this book, one, the book has a completely black cover. That should give you a hint that, hmm, they want you to be very careful and know what you're getting into when you open this book. Because the very first page is of a individual, a man regurgitating maggots, all over a police officer's face. Acidic maggots, by the looks of it. And I apologize if you didn't catch the warning, the content warning at the beginning, but I'm going to dive into this comic. This comic is visually and writing-wise horrific. It's about abuse and about um, alcoholism. It's about corporate culture and the breakdowns in corporate culture and what happens when you completely lose track of all the positive elements of family and of a disconnect between corporate culture and uh, and life and family life. And it does so of a backdrop of grotesqueness and of splatter horror and that might not be for everyone but it is going to be something that you will see 
and that you're probably going to have to deal with if you're playing a Fomori, or if you are using Fomori as a storyteller. The types of things that they do say and represent are not pleasant. They are particularly the really dark areas of the world of darkness. There's really very little redeeming quality of what you're going to get from these willing and unwilling servants of the worm. And so it's interesting to see that this is a player's guide, that this is a book that White Wolf decided we want players to have an opportunity to dive into this. Now, of course, it's a black dog game book, so they looked at this and they said, yes, this is a player's guide, but it's also only going to be a player's guide for those people who are capable of diving into this with some level of maturity and some level of comfort with the themes present. And I can easily see a group of players playing this and playing it like grotesque superheroes, and that's fine. That's an option. I can also see a group of players playing this and playing into the quick degeneration into horror and loss of humanity and the breakdown of all of that and or edging into that territory and then turning around from it and fighting back against the worm with the worm's own powers and then dying valiantly as the worm you know, rips its uh, minions from the world. These are options that you can play with this. Um, that said, the book as it's designed, you know, chapter one is character creation. It's, it dives pretty much right into it. You know, these are the ways you would create a character that's a fomori. You make them like a, like a regular human, so they get 643 as opposed to 753. Um, they get 1174 for abilities. And then you have what I think, in a, to me, this is amazing because this is a rare time in a White Wolf book where you're going to see something like a rolling a chart to roll on. There's literally a D100 roll chart for different taints that you can get as a Fomori. And taints are the, the powers, the sort of abilities that you would get from being a... Fomori. And what are Fomori? I don't think I actually um, describe that. Fomori are humans or, and, or other beings that have been infected by Banes. And Banes are the dark servant spirits of the worm. And those spirits can infect human beings. They can affect, uh, infect vampires potentially. They can potentially infect mages or werewolves even. Rare but when those things happen, the worm spirit, the bane attached to that person, has the ability to give, to twist them, to give them powers, to do things that, um, that make them other than human. And that is an interesting place to play in because you can be a normal person that takes medicine that is produced by a worm-tainted company and have it be, may turn you into a Fomori. Or you can willingly turn into a Fomori from 
um, from different transformations, from uh, accepting a bane into you. There's lots of different ways to become a fomori, and this book says these are different ways to do it. The interesting thing to me, both from the art perspective and from the design of this book perspective, is this feels a lot like a Palladium's game type book in some ways, like giving you all the tools to do this, particularly with the roll chart. But then as a White Wolf book, especially as a Black Dog game book, it's telling you, yes, you can do things. This is the horror of all, all of these things. And this is really, like, this is the downside to all of this. This is the darkness here. This is really what happens. If you want to do this, go, go for it. We're going to give you armor. We're going to give you things like pus armor. We're going to give you weapons. And we're going to give you all these horrible transformations that make you a monster. And not even, like, the pseudo-positive monsters of the protagonists in the world of darkness. And that's interesting. That's different. It's different. It's got a different focus, but it's subverting different tropes. It's topical. You know, in 95, there were a lot of comics that were doing this. So it's really like bringing that comic book, that Iron Age comic book element in and saying, oh, you're Weapon X, but you've, you know, you don't have control over everything, over yourself, or you're Deadpool. Um, I'm not 100% sure if Deadpool is out by 95, but I think right around that time frame, he's definitely a character that embodies everything about the Iron Age. And Fomori, this book really is, oh, here's a superhero book, in the world of darkness, but oh, you're going to be horrible creatures if you are these types of um, of superhero-ish creatures. And there's lots of different powers, different systems here for the different powers, and it's, like I've said before, this is set up differently than most White Wolf books. Most White Wolf books start with the story elements, and then give you the rules. This gives you a story and then gives you the rules. Like, it's a the very short comic that sets the tone, and then it jumps right in. This is the rules. This is how you do these things. This is how you, how you create them. And then after that, it says, now that you know how to create a fomori and all these different types of fomori that they are, this is how they exist. These are the specific types of fomori that are in the world. This is how they come into being. Things like brain eaters and enticers, um, the phyrectoid, the larva of the worm. All of these layers are the background elements that you can use to bring in your type of game. Like, okay, I want to make an entire family of, uh, of fomori. You can do that. Or how would I create this particular community of these mutants that are servants of the worm, either generationally or new or whatever? You're given all of the different steps to do it. There's an interesting like sub-element here. Um, if you think about movies like Jason or um, uh, the Halloween movies specifically or uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, any of those, those horror villains are really super, her like, not super villainous 
horror beings, there are ways to play those as a Fomori if you wanted to do that. Which, again, like, if you look at this as a superhero-style book, it subverts that and shows you a way of doing it that's very, very horrible or horrifying. And that's interesting. Like, it's interesting to look at this and go, everything, and this is, it's been a few years since I've looked at this, but looking at this with newer eyes, and this is a book that I've read dozens of times, looking at it as a superhero book changes my perception of it a lot in a way that I really, really like. It gives me a lot of, like, places to play um, with this if I really wanted to dive into the dark elements of it. And they're full. Like, from ecological to body horror to everything, you've got a little bit of it all here. And that's just in the human sections in chapters one and two. Chapter three is the supernatural fomori. And here's where, like, the superhero bit gets really obvious, and I should have seen this. The quote for chapter three is, ugliness is not a power. It's a quote from Rex after Xavier from the Age of Apocalypse in Weapon X, which, I have to tell you, is one of my favorite runs of the X-Men comics when they uh, delved into an entire alternate reality where Apocalypse had won a war against the X-Men. To see that quote here makes me realize that the creators of this book were in that space when they were writing this. And again, seeing it from that perspective now makes a ton of sense. Um, Chapter 3 gives you rules on creating supernatural fomori, vampires that have been infected by banes. Uh, the bloodhounds and the psychomachinae are the examples that they provide that are really, really cool. Um, if you want to delve into that type of horror, it might not be appropriate for a vampire game, but it might work great for a werewolf game where these werewolves are like, oh, we're just going to go beat up on these vampires and these vampires turn to be vampire femori, which adds a layer of extra horror there. There are also, sadly, Garu that get infected by the worm that are not black spiral dancers, and that can be really horrifying. One of the things that, one of the options that they provide is the Howling Shambler, which is effectively a bane-infected werewolf that's lost most of their control and are zombified like creatures. Um, There are rules in here for changeling, mage, psychic, and bane-mummy fomori, which I don't know how I feel about all of that, but it's there. If that's something you wanted to delve into, if you want to tie in changeling and werewolf, this is an uh, is a way to do it. This is a way to tie in mage and werewolf. Giving characters a common enemy like this is a great way to do crossover. Um, and chapter three is great for providing those sorts of elements. Um, chapter four is when you get into other societies. Um, Less so the, like, groupings of different fomori that you had in the earlier chapter, but this is more like if we want you to be part of, like, a superhero group 
or a cult or something like that that might recruit you and turn you into a femori. These are different ways uh, of potentially getting you there. Um, one that I think is neat is a mud um, realm of deceit, which is a multi-user dungeon, which uh, is run by Pentex, and it will infect you with banes if you play for too long. Which is funny if you're a mudder uh, or a musher, um, but it's something interesting to note that it's there. Um, there are different things like that, of course, from different cultural standpoints and different things like that for you to dive into. Chapter 5 is about gaining status within Pentex or uh, within these other groups that collect Fomori. Um, it's more specifically about Pentex and the first teams of Pentex. So if you've got the, the Pentex book, which we haven't dived into my favorite Pentex book yet, but this is a great oh, hey, this is some of what's going to happen later with subsidiaries. This is a great book to uh, build a first team out of. And a first team would be a great way to run a campaign using this if you wanted to do that. And again, if I were to do that, I would subvert it and have the first team realize what sort of horrible things they're doing at some point and maybe turn against their masters just because I think that would be an interesting sort of way to take it. Um, the last chapter is a storytelling chapter for the book. Um, and it dives into the things that I've already kind of mentioned. You know, it talks about that this is splatterpunk, that you could play a romance. This is not something that I suggested before, but I think it makes sense because having romantic relationships, having relationships play a strong part for characters that are being corrupted from within is an amazing idea. It plays on the Uber story of Werewolf the Apocalypse being about the relationships that they have with their kinfolk. It and it twists it and makes it go, yeah, but you're being corrupted and you're going to lose, and you're not one of the good guys, um, which can be an interesting story to tell in a superhero context. Again, um, you can also play on you know, fights against beasts, of, of fights against other monsters, where the Fomori are fighting against the Geru, or other things like that, or uh, paranoid politics. Um, in 95, um, shows where, like, the evil corporation was in the background doing just slightly unethical things was super prominent. That's something you can dive into really easily. This Something like X-Files or something like uh, Sliders or Manta or any of those other shows that were out at the time. You can also play into the tragedy and redemption arcs, which is kind of the angle that I would go in, um, but you can do lots of different things um, with the Fomori and have it make sense. The appendix in this book are a couple of extra banes that aren't present in any other um, book, or they might be in later books, but they're first presented in this book. Um, this is easily one of my favorite books for Werewolf. So I would definitely recommend it for people. Um, if I were running a campaign, I know I've sort of already talked about different things that I would do, um, but I would, I would lean into the superhero thing. I would actually probably even tell my players, like, we're going to play dark superheroes, and the type of Iron Age characters are the ones that I want you to make, and I want you to be willing to 
know that you're all going to die, you're all going to be corrupted, and none of you are going to like the greater outcome in the long run. Those are the things that I would probably lean in hard with, um, with running a Freak Legion game. And then I could take it in a couple of different ways. Um, I would either have them be destroyed on their first mission or maybe get them a couple of missions in, build really strong relationships with some family members and have the whole thing come crashing down. Um, it all depends on what the players want out of something like this. You know, if they're willing to play a Freak Legion game, they're probably willing to delve into some pretty dark topics. You can't assume that. You definitely need to have a session one sort of conversation with folks before running something like this, but there's so much stuff you could play with here, it's hard to really say, like, these are the three plots. I have probably a hundred plot ideas that I could run um, out of Freak Legion. Um, one that I would be kind of excited to do would be a, um, a kinfolk strikes back sort of situation. Like, a bunch of kinfolk are like, we want to be Garu too. They find out about this recruiting situation that gives them Garu-like powers, they then realize they're being corrupted, um, but they don't care. They decide, no, you know, we're going to fight the worm using these powers. And so they kind of go out on uh, the run from both their Garu family and the worm group that brought them over, trying to keep as much of the medication that makes them superpowered as they can. And right at the end, you drop a situation where they have to fight alongside their Garo brethren one time together and then they have to sacrifice themselves. That's the type of thing that I would lean into with this book um, just because you can do a lot of intense role playing with that. Um, so that's the angle that I would go in, I think. Um, 10 out of 10. If you're comfortable with the elements that this book presents, I think it does so in a way that is appropriate for the for this type of book imprint. If this were a regular werewolf book, I might have gone, woo, maybe this is too far as a black dog book. I think it's totally appropriate. I'm glad that they labeled it like that because of the type of horror elements that it leans into. But I would say this is one of the better books from this era for Werewolf the Apocalypse. The art is good. Some of it's weird, but it all has that superhero evoking sort of reaction that I think is really awesome. So if you've got any questions, if you've got some feedback, if you've got some your, of your own interesting plot ideas that you would like to throw out there for Freak Legion or for Morai, please um, you know drop a comment on the Facebook page or send us a message at werewolfthepodcast.com or um, you can share this with folks and leave your comment um, just by sharing the podcast link. So I've been Josh Heath. I am your host and I thank you for listening to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. Hello, folks.
Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.